0: Start the show. Hey, everybody, we are live here on Live Long on Podcast this Sunday night to bring you our 18th edition of Star Trek Radio Theater. I, I'm Dave Mater, and I'm going to be playing one of the characters tonight. As on this show, our podcasters reenact Star Trek episodes uh, from the very series. This week, we're doing an original series and uh so many of us get a couple characters uh this in the original series it turns out most of us just have about one or two uh my wife jane and and jessica chan they have a they have a few characters they're juggling but most of us are are playing one tonight uh this episode is called plato's stepchildren it is third season specific so you'll notice blue titles on the graphic tonight beautiful so beautiful and it aired in uh on november 22nd 1968 uh, it is from 2268. It's written by Meyer Dolinsky. It's uh, a story where these Greek-like aliens, these aliens who uh, take over, take after Plato's teachings, uh, they are a little bit sadistic. You'll see how this uh, goes out. But it's a, it's quite, the original episode is quite comical in some ways. Anyway, so we're gonna get going. It was uh, it was also the episode where it had the first interracial kiss on on network television between um, uh, Shatner and Michelle Nichols. <laughs> Uh, Kirk in here. But it's kind of forced in this episode. So Anyway, so we're going to go live, and I hope you enjoy the show.
1: We focus on space. The Enterprise is flying around a class M planet that looks a lot like Earth.
2: Captain's Log. Stardate 5784.2 point. We are responding to desperate distress calls from an unknown planet my science officer Mr Spock is unable to account for this since he reported no signs of life on the planet it is rich in curanide deposits a very rare and long-lasting source of great power
1: we focus on the room Kirk's Spock, and McCoy have been down into a place full of Greek com- columns and plenty of marble. They see a large shadow and hear an echoey voice.
3: Are you from the spaceship Enterprise? That's right.
1: The huge shadow is an optical illusion. The person who walks in is a dwarf dressed in old-timey Greek attire.
3: Alexander, at your service. I sing, I dance, I play all variety of games, and I'm a good loser, a very good loser. Please, sir, try to bear that in mind. Now, would you please accompany me?
2: Who are the inhabitants of the planet?
3: Oh, the Platonians. I'm sure you've never heard of us. Our native star is Andara. Millennia ago, just before it went nova, we managed to escape. Our leader liked Plato's ideas. Plato, Platonius, see? In fact, our present philosopher King Parmen sometimes calls us Plato's children. Although we sometimes think of ourselves more as Plato's stepchildren. Excuse me, someone's waiting for you.
1: He stiffens and scurries off backwards as if dragged by an invisible leash. The landing party follows. We focus on Parmen's chamber. The room is full of people and all in ancient Greek attire. A man is lying on a chaise in the middle of the room. A woman approaches.
4: Welcome to our republic. Whom among you is the physician? I am. What's the problem? My spouse, his leg, come this way. Well, what
1: happened to that leg?
5: I suppose I scratched it.
1: I don't understand. This should have been attended to immediately.
5: Sh-ignorance, is there
1: anything
5: you can do?
1: Well, we're certainly going to try. This infection is massive. Let me give you a hypo to ease the pain. McCoy opens his pouch. He attempts to remove the hypo-injector. But it flies out on its own and hovers in the air, as if by magic. Right here in the arm. The injector moves to Parman's arm and administers itself without McCoy's help. Pan over to the woman, now sitting in a chair with Alexander by her side. He speaks quietly to her.
3: Philana, they came to help. They deserve better than to die.
1: His hand is stuffed into his mouth by some invisible force.
4: Alexander, you talk too much.
1: Fade
6: out. Space, the
2: final frontier. These are the bridges of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore a strange new world, to seek out new life, and new.
1: Fade in. We focus on Parmen's chamber. Parmen is still laying down and appears to be suffering. McCoy is scanning him with a medical tricorder.
2: Dr. McCoy is endeavoring to treat the leader of a strange group of people. When their planet no- noved millennia ago, they transported themselves to Earth in the time of Socrates and Plato. After the death of the Greek civilization they uh, idolized, they came to this planet and created for themselves a utopia patterned after it.
5: What is it? What is your prognosis, Doctor?
1: I'll let you know when I have the results. And from now on, it would be better if I handled the instruments without your help.
5: Bones! I can't understand why... I apologize for making him stop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he understands why it has become so serious, and neither do I, but it has. How do I knock out an infection when the tricorder doesn't show any information on Plutonius bacteria? All I can do, and this is going to take time, is to try and match his bugs with a known strange, strain and hope. Alexander is pe- playing some sort of large <laughs> chess game with another man. The pieces are almost as big as he is, and he struggles to move them. The other man easily moves his pieces with some sort of telekinesis.
3: Your pawn is in jeopardy. It it now.
7: I win. Oh, well played, Heraclitus. <laughs> I thank
2: you, Dionide.
1: <laughs> they say nothing else to Alexander and just leave the room.
2: This psychokinetic power of yours. How long have you had it?
1: Two and a half.
4: Ever since our arrival here at Platonius.
6: How is power transmitted?
4: brain waves.
6: Do these waves cease while you are asleep?
4: No, not if they're embedded in the unconscious. What
1: about medicine? Why no doctors? We haven't had any pressing need
4: for the medical arts. You see, while still on Sanhara, we instituted a mass eugenics program. Well, the result parred down with the part of the population of 38 were perfected our utopia were bred for contemplation and self-reliance and longevity how old would you say that i am don't be afraid i'm not vain 35
1: Philania is offended despite saying she isn't vain
4: that old I stopped aging at 30. Well, anyway, you're by 2,000 years. I'm 2,300 years old. We were married very young. I was only 117, and he was 128. So you see, we scarcely have to move anymore, let alone work. That's why you
2: have no resistance.
4: That's right. A break in the skin for us could be a cut or be fatal. No.
1: Parmen is suffering again. felania rushes to his side. A column falls over and breaks. The chess pieces start flying across the room.
6: Fascinating. I believe we're experiencing psychokinetic manifestations of Parm's delirium. <laughs>
1: We focus on the Enterprise Bridge. Even the Enterprise is rocking. Scott the Captain Kirk.
2: Kirk to Enterprise.
1: Captain, we're in the midst of
7: a storm. No disturbable cars, and I've never seen anything like it. There's a 10-scale disturbance right now. Emergency gyros and stabilizers at maximum. If this keeps up, Captain, we kind of last.
2: Engine's at full speed, Scotty. Get her out of orbit and into space. I've tried that, sir. She's locked tight. Then there's nothing you can do but batten down and weather.
1: Right, Captain. We focus on Parman's chamber. Kurt, Spock, and McCoy are huddled ar- behind a table that is really too small to protect him and thus fairly useless. Objects are still flying around the room.
2: Par- Herman's mind is
1: the men duck as large pieces a large piece of something goes whizzing past
2: he's not only throwing around furniture he's tearing up the enterprise's well bones knock him out
1: fast mccoy tries to give the injection but gets flung away by Parman's mind. Alexander gets jerked around too.
5: Help! Save me! Alexander!
1: Kirk rushes over to protect, protect Alexander. Suddenly, he is being psychically gut-punched over and over. His lead will find me anyhow. Oh. Don't save him. Let him die. Oh The...
8: Uh,
3: <laughs> <Just kidding>. His <laughs> mind will find me anyhow Don't save him, let him die The others will kill each other Trying to take his
4: place Hurry up with that shot! Ch- no, Doctor
1: McCoy sneaks over and gives the injection Alexander begins to choke himself i can't breathe i'm choking
2: bones shake him break his concentration
1: bones shakes Parman, who passes out that is some quality 23rd century doctoring right there (laughs) alexander (laughs) stops choking himself kirk gets up and takes out his communicator
2: kirk to enterprise scott
7: on the enterprise it's all right captain the disturbance has abated.
2: <laughs> Good. I think you'll find that orbit lock is broken as well. Assist damage and repair whatever is necessary.
4: Aye, Captain. I don't know how I can ever thank you, not only for Platonius, but for myself. No thanks is necessary. Alexander, show our guest to the south wing. Oh, thank you.
2: We we must return to the ship.
1: I think I'd better wait until the fever breaks. Well, in that case, we'll stay here. We focus on the guest room. Alexander is bouncing with his excitement as he shows the landing party around.
3: Anything you want? Just ask me. Anything. <laughs> Thank you. Alexander. <laughs> think nothing of it. You saved my life. I think I should tell you that.
2: Tell me what? Well,
3: just that I never knew any people like you existed. Where is everyone? They're all in chambers, meditating.
2: Alexander, are there other Platonians like you? What do you mean, like me? Who don't have psychokinetic ability.
3: Oh, I thought you were talking about my size. Because they make fun of me for my size. But to answer your question, I'm the only one without it. I was brought here as the court buffoon. That's why I'm everybody's slave, and I have to be ten places at once, and I never do anything right.
6: How does one obtain the power?
3: As far as I know, it just comes to you sometime, after you're born. They say I'm a throwback, and I am, and so are you. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Don't worry about it. We're happy without it. You know, I believe you are. Listen, where you come from, are there a lot of people without the power and my size?
2: Alexander, where I come from, size, shape, color, makes no difference. And nobody has the power. Nobody? Oh somebody wants me.
1: He begins twirling around and is dragged out of the room by that
6: Captain, it will be gratifying to leave here, even if we shouldn't
2: that might not be easy should Parman die. Hmm even if we shouldn't <laughs> Yes. This utopia of theirs is one of the best kept secrets in the galaxy. Screening themselves from our sensors. Locking us into orbit. All this adds up to a pattern.
1: McCoy enters, happy. Jim, my concoction actually worked. The fever's broken. And what recuperative powers. The infection's begun to drain already.
6: Dr. McCoy, You may yet cure the common cold. If ever there was a time to
2: get out of here, it is now. Kirk to Enterprise. Scotty, come in.
1: We focus on the bridge.
2: Scott here, sir. Prepare to beam us up.
7: I'm afraid I cannot do that, sir. Everything's frozen. The turbulence hit you hard? It's not the disturbance, sir. Damage, too. The ship is minimal. What caused it? I don't know, sir. And those are the facts.
2: Did you get up into space?
7: No, sir. The orbit's locked tighter than uh, ever. And subspace communication with... Starfleet, it's completely severed.
2: All right, Scotty, I'll handle it down here. Stand by.
1: We focus on Parman's chamber. Alexander is entertaining his master by singing oh. whilst playing a tiny little harp.
0: Do it. Great Pound,
3: sound, Great Pan sounds his horn. Marking time to the rhyme with his hoof, with his hoof. Forward, forward in our plan, we proceed as we began.
1: Kirk enters. Alexander sings in Greek from Aristophanes' <laughs> The Frogs. Bree ki coax,
5: coax, you Excellency. Thank you. Palmen will do. Philosopher kings have no need for titles. I would like to know why the ship's
2: instrumentation and weaponry is frozen, and why the Enterprise is locked into orbit.
5: Captain, please, you are mistaken, I assure you. Parmin! I've talked to the engineer aboard the ship.
2: We've showed our good faith. Now, you show yours.
5: I want the ship released immediately. The amenities, Captain allow me to remind you that I am the head of this principality. Guests do not come barging in here making demands and issuing orders.
1: Kirk's phaser flies into Parman's hand.
2: Guests, you've don't know the meaning of the word guests are treating like common
5: prisoners do not take that tone with me
1: kirk is forced to slap his own face repeatedly Ah. oh We focus on the guest room. Kirk is back in the room with Spock and McCoy. Kirk
2: to Enterprise. Acknowledge. Acknowledge.
6: Enterprise, come in. Enterprise. I can't raise them. Obviously, Harmon does not wish any contact made with the Enterprise.
1: He may still need the ship's medical stores. Why prevent contact?
6: to shut out any knowledge of his brutal treatment of a Starfleet captain. No,
2: Mr. Spock. One thing's for sure. Barman is not concerned with my dignity or safety.
6: Agreed, Captain. And Barman wouldn't have treated you so brutally if he had any intention of releasing you or the Enterprise.
1: McCoy suddenly stands up stiffly and moves towards the door.
2: Where are you going?
1: I don't know. I don't want to go, but I can't help myself. Kirk and Spock also move as if pulled along by something. We focus on Parman's chamber. Alexander sounds a horn as the door opens and the unwilling three stagger in.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, gentle spacemen, we are eternally in your debt. We have some trifles for you. Please accept them as our tokens of our gratitude. They stem from a very our source of our inspiration. To our noble captain, the shield carried by Pericles as a symbol of our garland leadership.
1: The round shield flies into Kirk's arms. To our silent and
4: cerebral Mr. Spock, this cathara to pluck music to soothe his ever active brow.
1: It too flies to him.
4: And lastly to physician Doctor McCoy, who saved Platonius and my spouse this ancient collection of Greek cures penned by Hippocrates himself.
1: A scroll hovers over to McCoy.
2: Has the Enterprise been released yet?
5: Captain Waits I know what you're thinking, my humble apologies. You were badly used in my own defense. Allow me to say that my illness was more profoundly disturbing than I myself realized. I am sure, Captain, that you, too have been out of sorts, and have been driven to fits of temper and rage. Mm -hmm. Unlike you, however, what I think and feel, whether for good or ill, is instantly translated into reality. So please, find it in your heart to forgive me.
2: Certainly. Has the Enterprise been released yet?
5: It will be shortly. Then good day. And thank
2: you for the presence.
5: Not at all. But there is one final request. After my nearly fatal infection, it has become obvious to us all that we cannot afford to be without a skilled physician. Therefore we should like you, Doctor McCoy, to remain. I'm very sorry, but that's impossible. Your duties will be extraordinarily light. You'll be free to read, meditate, conduct research, whatever you like. You'll want for nothing.
1: The answer is no.
5: We should like to keep it cold, dear, but we are determined to have you, Doctor. Dr. McCoy saved your life. I am losing patience, Captain. And
2: you consider yourself a disciple of
5: Plato? We managed to live in peace and harmony.
6: Whose harmony? Yours? Plato wanted truth and beauty and, above all, justice. My dear Mr.
5: Spock, I admit that circumstances have forced us to make a few adaptations of Plato, but ours is the most democratic society conceivable anyone can at any moment be or do anything he wishes even to becoming ruler of Platonius if his mind is strong enough and if
2: his mind isn't strong enough he gets torn apart like alexander
5: oh come now we are not children In your culture, justice is the will of the stronger. It is forced upon people by means of weapons and fleets of starships. Ah, justice is the will of the stronger mind. And I, for one, consider it a vast improvement. We
2: don't use our weapons for the kind of brutality you practice.
5: Farewell, Captain. Come on, Doctor McCoy.
1: Parman points at McCoy, who attempts to leave, but is frozen in place. I can't move, Jim. They're going to keep me here no matter what. Leave, please.
2: No! You're the Doctor. They don't want to force you. They need your goodwill.
5: They're trying Captain, go while you still can. We're not leaving until McCoy is released. This is not the enterprise. You are not in command, Captain. Why even discuss it? Get rid of them. No, my dear, that might offend the good doctor. You wish to stay. By all means, you can help us celebrate our anniversary. In the process, I hope we can persuade you to join our tiny republic.
1: You won't persuade me.
5: (laughs) I think I will.
1: What about me? McCoy is pulled over to sit beside Parman and <laughs> Laurel wreaths are thrown in front of Kirk and Spot, who are forced to kneel and put them on. Then, standing again, they are made to prance around each other and sing a rhyme.
2: I'm Tweedledee, he's Tweedledum. With two space, two, i to do a drum. We, we slither oh, oh, among oh, the bimsley
1: oh, oh, toes, oh, a giant oh, among oh, the Spock has a ridiculous grin on his face. Vulcans must love to synchronize dance routines. The two are forced to their knees. You're not Stane McCoy. No matter what, he tries to... The two are thrown to the floor. Kirk gets weird.
2: Beam you're... Slave! What should I do but tend upon the hours and times of your desire? I have no precious time at all to spend, nor
1: services to do till you... Stop it! Don't do this to him, Parman! McCoy! No matter what he... No! Parvin, Stop it! Kirk rolls across the floor slowly in agony.
5: Well, Doctor?
1: I have my orders.
5: As you wish, Doctor.
1: Kirk struggles and manages to get up to his feet. Is this
5: your utopia?
2: Your... Grand vision of the future. You don't
1: even... Parman raises his hand again and cuts off Kirk mid-sentence. He throws Kirk back to the floor and his body arches up in pain.
5: Ah! We've had enough of your moralizing.
1: And we've had enough of yours. You'll never get me to stay here.
5: You will be happy to stay. It takes a little time, doctor, but you will be happy to stay.
1: Suddenly, Spock is forced to dance close to Kirk's head, flamenco style, ending with a boot directly over Kirk's face. Spock is released from whatever that was, and he falls to the floor beside Kirk and starts to laugh heartily. He crawls over to Alexander, who cannot help but join in. He's a Vulcan! You can't force emotion out of him!
4: You must be joking,
1: Doctor! You'll destroy him! We can't
5: let him die laughing, can we?
1: Spock begins to cry. I beg you!
4: Spock! Spock!
2: Don't let them break you! Hold on! Don't! Parmen, they
3: saved your life! I'm ashamed to be a Platonian! Ashamed!
1: Kirk is on all fours now, like a horse. And Alexander is forced to climb on his back and ride him around the room. Kirk rears and neighs. <laughs> McCoy is disturbed. He can never unsee this.
5: How can you let this go on?
1: We focus on the guest room. Spock is very withdrawn. Alexander watches helplessly.
2: Can you do anything for him?
1: There's no medicine that can help him. He'll have to come through this himself.
6: I trust they did not injure you too much, Captain. Mime! muscles are sore that's all the humiliation must have been most difficult for you to bear i can understand
1: the release of emotions mr spock is what keeps us healthy emotionally healthy that is
6: that may be doctor however i have noted that the healthy release of emotion is frequently very unhealthy for those closest to you.
2: Which just goes to prove that there's no such thing
6: as a perfect solution. So it would seem, Captain. Yes, Spock. Do you feel anger towards Parment? Great anger. And you, Doctor?
1: Yes, Spock, and hatred.
6: And you must release it, gentlemen, as I must master mine. I have seriously injured you, Captain, even killed you. They have evoked such great hatred in me. I cannot allow it to go further. I must master it. I must control it.
1: Spock walks over to a table and breaks a goblet with one hand. <laughs> Jim, this is senseless. I've thought it over. I'm staying. You can't. Parman has promised me you'll be safe.
2: Promised? Parman? he <laughs>
1: why why trick
2: me in front of you you would retaliate you're a doctor you have the means bones i know you're trying to do the right thing but if any one of us escaped Parman knows starfleet would never let his planet go unpunished sacrificed yourself by agreeing to stay and you sign our death warrant
3: he's right I should have warned you. They were treating you the same way they treat me, just like me. Only you fight them all the time. I thought it was me, my mind, that couldn't move a pebble. They even they even told, told me I was lucky they bothered to keep me around at all. And I believed them, the arms and legs of everybody's whim. Look down, don't meet their eyes. Smile, smile. They're great people. They were gods to me. But you showed me what they really are, and now I know. Don't you see? It's not me. It's not my size. It's them. It's them. It's them!
1: Alexander breaks an urn and takes a sharp shard of pottery.
2: Put it down.
3: No, this is the best thing for them. I said put it down. Do what I say. I'm going to cut them. Parment first, and they'll all get infected. But this time, listen. Whatever they say, don't save them. Let them die. Give it to me. At least let me give them a taste of what they gave me. Please, they're going to kill you anyway. You know that.
2: In that case, what's the point in you dying too, Alexander? Give it to me.
1: Alexander slowly hands over the shard, touched.
2: That's
3: the first time anyone's ever thought of my life before his own. I should have told you when you first came here that they were going to kill you. Because I knew, but I was afraid. I was afraid.
2: That's all right. It's all right. Alexander, listen. We haven't given up. And there may be something you can do to help. Anything I can do to help, you just tell me. All right. Did the Plutonians always have this power? No, not
3: until
6: we came to this planet. Alexander, is it possible for you to recall how long after you arrived here that the power began to develop? How could I
3: forget that? It was exactly six months and 14 days after we got here that they started pushing me around. And would you know how many months
6: supplies you brought with you? Well, four, I think, or three. That's close enough, Alexander. Fascinating. The power developed two or three months after they started eating the native foods. That's right then it is logical to assume that there is a connection between the psychokinetic power and the eating of the native food.
1: Then why wouldn't Alexander have the same power as the others?
6: Perhaps his system cannot absorb the crucial element. Bones! I think it'd be
2: a good idea if you took a reading of Alexander's blood. Not that I'm afraid or anything, but will it hurt
3: much?
1: You won't even know what happened. Parmen possesses the highest order of psychokinetic ability and Alexander the lowest in the same environment.
6: The probabilities are that Alexander was born with some biochemical deficiency relative to Platonius.
1: I'll run both her blood samples through for a full comparative test on the tricorder. McCoy pulls out his tricorder and analyzes Alexander's blood. The one significant difference between Parman's blood and Alexander's is a concentration of kironide, broken down by pituitary hormone.
2: Kironide! It's a high energy
6: source. That could be it. So- Two with their hormones confirm the hypothesis. They also regulate body growth.
3: Oh, you mean the same thing that kept me from having the power made me a
6: dwarf? Yes, it is obvious why Parmin kept this little utopia secret. Anyone coming down here and remaining long enough would acquire the power. Exactly, McCoy. There must be a way
2: of building up a concentration of Kiranide in our blood.
1: It'll take some doing, but it is possible.
2: Well, then what are we waiting for?
1: McCoy takes a couple of vials from his bag, then hesitates. Even if the Kiranide reaches the desired effect, it still may not help us get out of here.
2: Yes,
6: Yes, there are thirty-eight of them. The point is well taken. However, the psychokinetic power is not additive. And if it were, considering the Platonians' hostile propensities, two or three of them would have combined forces centuries ago and disposed
3: Parmen. He's right. Do you know Parmen says each has his own separate power frequency? Because before, when they tried to combine their powers, and use them together, it never worked. I'm ready!
2: Let's not waste any time. Give us double the concentration in Herman's bloodstream.
1: McCoy injects Kirk and Spock.
6: The time factor concerns me. It may take days or even weeks before there's enough buildup from the Cure to be of any benefit to us. Yes, but what about Alexander?
1: Since the curanite is broken down and injected directly into his bloodstream, it should work on him as well as us. Better, in fact, because he's acclimated.
3: Oh no, not after what they've done to me.
2: Why not? You could conceivably take Perman's place and run the whole planet. You think that's what
3: I want? Become one of them. Become my own enemy. Just lie around like a big blob of nothing and have things done for me. I want to move around for myself. If I'm going to laugh or cry, I want to do it for myself. You can't. You can keep your precious power. All I ask is one thing. If you do make it out of here, take me with you. Just drop me off uh, any place. They've never heard of Kiranide or Platonius. Alexander.
1: uhura and nurse trap will be made
2: nurse lieutenant uhura
1: the women try to speak but no sound comes then they turn and leave the room
2: i guess we weren't sufficiently entertaining
1: We focus on the entertainment chamber. Uhura and Chapel are dressed in long robes. Kirk and Spock enter in short tunics wearing laurel wreaths.
7: Oh, we have a glad to see you.
1: We were forced in the transporter and beamed down.
8: It was like becoming someone's puppet. I thought I was sleepwalking. I couldn't
7: stop myself. Captain, what is it? What's going on?
2: Spock, do you feel any effect of the Kira and I shot? I have experienced a slight flush, Captain. So did I. Let's try a simple test. Concentrate on,
1: on raising this... Shutters draw back to reveal their audience. The Platonians and McCoy. Parman stands to address the room. Fellow
5: academicians, 20 20- 5500 years ago, a band of hearty vagabonds arrived on this barren, rough home planet. There was a desperate hardship of backbreaking toil, and then the divine providence graced our genius and our dedication with the power of powers, and through it. Our of every need instantly materialized. We thereupon determined to form a utopian brotherhood. This night is indeed a festive occasion for tonight. We welcome into that brotherhood our first new member.
2: Not yet, Parman. You have to convince the doctor first.
1: They'll never do it, Jim.
5: Doctor,
1: please.
5: You have destroyed the festive mood of the ladies. We must recapture it at once. I know what would be better than a serenade from the laughing spaceman.
1: Carmen claps his hands and Spock, Uhura, and Chapel are dragged over to a couch. Alexander plucks his lyre. Spock begins to sing.
6: Take care, young ladies, and value your wine. Be careful of young men in their velvet rhyme deeply they'll swallow from your finest kegs and then swiftly be gone leaving bitter dregs ah bitter dregs with smiling words and tender touch men of. Little and ask for so much. He loves in breathless excitement of night, then leaves with your treasure in the cold morning light. Ah, in the cold morning light and now let the
5: rebels uh, begin
1: kirk spock uhura and chapel are forced to the center of the room and the furniture moves around chapel and spock move to one couch kirk and Uhura move to the other the men swap then eric ret- and dionide heckle from the audience like and even meaner Statler in Waldorf.
7: Oh, how faithless and fickle! <laughs> make up your minds! I'm so ashamed. Please make them stop.
6: We have tried. Please, please make them stop.
1: Spock attempts to stop them with his mind. I haven't... Oh.
6: I haven't the power. I'm deeply sorry. We failed you.
7: For so long, I've wanted to be close to you. Now, all I want to do is crawl away and die.
1: Spock and Chapel are forced to kiss.
4: <laughs> oh.
7: Oh. <laughs> Careful, Mr. Spock. Too much love is dangerous. Remember. Cupid's arrow kills Vulcans.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
1: Uhura is in Kirk's arms. I'm so frightened, Captain. I'm so very
2: frightened. That's the way they want you to feel. It makes them think that they're alive. I know, it, but I wish I could stop trembling. Try not to think of them. Try.
1: As Kirk and Uhura embrace, Spock and Chapel are still smooching awkwardly on the other-
8: I'm thinking, I'm thinking of all the times on the Enterprise when I was scared to death and I would see you so busy at your commands and I would hear your voice from all the parts of the ship and my fears would fade and now they are making me tremble but I'm not afraid, I am not afraid.
1: Kirk dips Uhura down. And as he leans over her, he looks up to the crowd watching and kisses her. Try not. The crowd laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Parman,
4: let's get on with it, all right?
5: You are so impatient, my wife. Observe the doctor and learn. He's quite content to wait for the piece de resistance.
1: A table with a whip and other weapons slides across. Kirk and Spock approach it. Kirk takes the whip. Spock, the red-hot poker. Just as they get to the women, Kirk turns. Which?
2: you're half dead all of you you've been dead for centuries we
0: may appear tomorrow but at least we're living to now and you can't stand that can you you're half crazy because there's nothing inside nothing And you have to torture us to convince yourselves you're superior (laughs) superior
1: Kirk craps cracks craps. Craps. <laughs> Kurt, <laughs> Kirk <laughs> This is a different show. Kirk cracks the whip in front of Rahura's face. Spock approaches Chapel with a red hot poker. Alexander <laughs> creeps away. <laughs> oh, that's me, sorry. <laughs> stop it, Parmin, stop it! I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll stay and serve you, but stop it. Alexander grabs a knife off the table and rushes over to Parman. Parman! <laughs> Alexander is frozen in the act of trying to stab Parman.
5: Alexander again He likes to play with knives. Very well, we shall indulge him.
1: Alexander struggles not to stab himself. Kirk is concentrating hard. Suddenly. Alexander is released. Who did that? Kirk starts to laugh and throws <laughs> down his whip.
6: <laughs> I did.
1: Impossible
6: Quite possible and logical.
1: Spock throws away the poker.
6: What is this?
1: <laughs> what is going on?
0: <laughs> Platonians, listen to me. The next one of that. He tries a trick, we'll get hurt. Not only do we have psychokinetic abilities, but at twice of your power level. Not twice
5: mine.
1: Parman controls Alexander and sends him to attack Kirk. But Kirk sends him back. (laughs) To and fro he turns until finally the dagger is inches from Parman's body. Captain, no! the almas! Captain, no! I
5: beg of you, I'll do anything you say. I do not wish to die. Captain, do you hear me? Don't stop me. Let me
3: finish him off. Do you want to be like him?
1: Alexander thinks about it, but puts down the knife by his own choice. Parman is dragged out of his seat.
3: Parman, listen to me. I could have had your power, but I didn't want it. I could have had your place right now, but the sight of you and your academicians (laughs) sickened me. Despite your brains, you're the most contemptible things that have ever lived in this universe.
5: Captain, you knew that I intended to destroy both you and the Enterprise, yet you spared me. To
4: us, killing is murder, even for revenge but there will be other starships.
5: There's no need for concern. They'll be safe. Of light, I have begun to think that we've become bizarre and unproductive. We are existing merely to nourish our own power. It's time for some fresh air. We shall welcome your interstellar
6: visits. I don't believe you. That would be highly uncharacteristic. We must expect, Parman, that the moment we leave here, you fear would be gone and you would again be as sadistic and arrogant as your 2,500 years have made you. Just remember,
4: we can recreate that power in a matter of hours. So don't try
5: anything. Understand, Captain. And you're right. None of us can be trusted. We are totally sus. Uncontrolled power will turn even saints into savages, and we can all be counted upon to live down to our lowest impulses.
4: You're very good at making speeches, Parman. Just make sure that this one sinks in. Now, move aside, Alexander. Kirk to Enterprise.
2: Mr. Scott, prepare to beam us up. I have a little surprise for you. I'm bringing a visitor aboard.
0: Right, that concludes our reading of Star Trek the original series, Plato's Stepchildren uh, coming back here on the air. Okay, wow. Hey, that was a different kind of a show, huh? <laughs> there was a lot of disturbance.
3: Disturbulence. Disturbulence. <laughs> yep,
0: just, little disturbances, a couple technical difficulties, but uh we, we, we figured it out okay what's well, right? um all right so okay let's bring in everybody or okay, okay my name is dave mater and i was playing uh who was i Philana. i was Phila, and i was kind of a backup kirk the understudy i was the understudy kirk uh You're wearing the shirt well, I guess yeah, I had to step in. Well, I just, we, I wasn't sure, like, sometimes, yeah, it was, we'll talk about all this. We gotta break all that down, the post game show. All right. But I, I, and Jane, you were playing Scotty and Eric Heraclitus. Heraclitus. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. you, yes. How did you feel about your roles as uh, uh, Scotty? I enjoyed Heraclitus a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's good. Yeah. It's good. I enjoyed both of your characters. in yeah. uh, oh, your pairing with Dionide, right? Dionide. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's bring in, uh, Ashley and Kevin. Kevin, you were playing the, the role of Alexander, yeah. And uh, Ashley, you were the role of uh, McCoy, and the, and you were also the narrator, as yep. uh, you know, so uh, great, great jobs, uh, uh, both of you. Um, there was a there was a lot going on tonight. Uh, <laughs> so there was yes. a lot to process <laughs> for everybody. It was uh-huh. a lot of fun. Um, let's bring in here Michael and Jessica. Uh, Michael, Hi. you were playing the role of uh of, of a palman. And I'm in, Severus uh, Snape. Oh, oh,
5: oh. Yeah. Yes. But Puff's version. Yes.
0: <laughs> and and uh, Jessica, you were playing uh Dionide with Ericlitus, like the, the pair of er, and, and then <laughs> it was played Eric <laughs> And then you were you were her uh, and chapel as well. Um and so you didn't have a line until like I think the third act, but <laughs> yeah,
7: <right. laughs> much. I was just enjoying the show. <laughs> had, like, one line <laughs> yeah. in the beginning, maybe singing yeah. and yep. yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. and then when you did have lines you had to like do them all at once it was yeah like, right. <laughs> it's just
7: one little chunk
0: all together <laughs> like one page but it was all the characters talking to each other yeah um, so that was that was fun uh, and then also we had uh, Tom Mott Tyrell as, in the role of Spock uh, singing with that harp great, <laughs> <laughs> great job singing, singing. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Encore, encore
7: encore yeah, encore again again
0: <laughs> now my I, my question for <laughs> you about, what was yeah, we're gonna get to jeff too what was your spock based on uh super mario mario was who you were going. <laughs> no. it was uh it was italian for sure it, it it italian
8: was, no it was it was just well it was it started like with uh that i didn't want to like be stuck always doing dracula for spock so then I kind of changed. And then when I was reading the lines too, it was like, I didn't want to pull off just a Dracula. So I kind of changed it to like a Dracula, like Eastern European, like guy. And just like, he just had his own character or whatever. Cause I think I, like I can have something like that, like longer term, like I I didn't want to try to stay in, uh, it, when I hear everybody else, I thought it would just be too hard to stay like a straight Dracula. Like this other guy that he you just heard at Spock, who the hell? that? that Nobody ever heard him before because I was making Dracula him up the run along.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like
8: a Dracula if you had like yeah
0: pizza joint. Joy. <laughs> 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 great. I about, oh, All oh, right,
8: like, then,
2: uh, instead of Count Dracula, he was like Count X Spaghettios. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and then uh, oh, Jeff Mater, my brother, playing oh, the role of Captain team. Kirk uh jeff now you were okay great job when but there was a lot you had the connectivity issues i don't know if you were picking up on it uh that you oh, yeah.
2: oh
0: yeah
3: it's like every time he starts yeah. to talk it it struggles yeah. Yeah. i've it,
5: frozen him in a whole sentence. bunch of time, <laughs>
3: It was really hard to tell if he had cut out or if he was just doing a really yeah, long doing Kirk.
0: Kirk <laughs> I love I, how I was he was trying to use the Kirk to my advantage in that way.
7: <laughs> I love how he disappeared right when he was saying disappearing.
3: Melting.
0: Yeah, it was. I I was like, this is like Captain Uh, Kirk if he was like on uh, on like dial up or something. Like you (laughs) know, he was just he was just projected in from somewhere else. But he was a dial up connection. Yeah, it was it was great. There was like little packets missing. Um, (laughs) It worked overall. But Jeff, yeah, a couple times. Yeah, near the end.
5: Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, uh, There he goes again.
6: It's almost an actual
7: episode where the cons keep cutting out
3: (laughs) yeah my favorite though is when dave you would do his lines and then he'd say the last (laughs) word after you were done Uh, i was like
0: you know like it's kind of like if you were on stage right and like you know the guitar players thing falls out so you just okay i'll play the part i guess or i gotta play the solo it's kind of the equivalent that like goes music, wild. it's like we're making music, baby, right? Um, <clears> yeah, uh, did, did, did you guys like my uh, my uh, what's her name? Filana.
8: yes,
1: very good, yes, it was very good. I
8: like uh, you horror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that much her, uh, was it was, aw- yeah, aw- aw- <laughs> like, all of those characters were uh, come
0: down, yeah, I just great job. Like, I think the. the the, the cast is so funny and amazing. Sometimes it just like some of the timing was uh, was was just great. Um, the the voices so
7: the horse neighing.
0: Uh... Oh, that was epic! Oh yeah, Jeff, yeah, that was I... bad. That was no horse. What, what, I'm you glad that, that was didn't... horse out. <laughs> that's what he. That's what he sounds like
3: in.
1: Yeah, the... Kirk doesn't <laughs>
0: sound like a horse, Dave. <laughs> I know, but, a, like, I I was bad. like, that's oh, not a what horse I did
2: sound.
7: Of
0: course it was a horse. That's not Come what on. that's what he did. Yeah.
4: <laughs> he went <"Ooh!"> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's almost as good as oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Rain.
0: You know, like um
4: <laughs> I have no idea why. Yeah.
0: I just want to say, Jane. I think as Scotty was maybe my favorite tonight. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I will Scottie. forever,
2: forever uh, I don't now know about call that. it
3: disturbance.
2: Yes, yeah, disturbance. Disturbance.
7: When I, I did that, we're like, where did that come from? But it was. I amazing. like how you brought it back, though. You're you like, this was on this. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. Yeah, it was good that the cast yeah, like adapted that. Okay, now it's disturbance.
2: Yeah. Well, it's,
7: it's disturbing.
0: It's like disturbing turbulence.
7: Disturb-
3: Disturb- disturbance. Disturb-
0: Disturb- no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's an oh, engineering man. feat. Yes. Yeah, Talk yeah. about being a miracle worker. Um, yeah, it was just so much fun. It was fun. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now I was just like, you can bring that over to Star Wars. Now I feel a disturbance in the force.
0: <laughs> it's coming from everywhere. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah That was that, that was, was great. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, I just got yeah. Like I'm gonna I, I'm gonna probably edit that. Jeff, we're gonna get you to kind of redub your lines for the uh, the audio version. So. Uh, where, where'd he go? Oh, oh there he is. Oh. Um, yeah, how did
8: it come through when we had to sing together? Oh,
7: that
8: was oh. amazing. I'm Tweedledee
7: and Tweedledum. I think Kevin had some singing
0: lines too, right? Yeah, Kevin reluctantly. Yeah. He's like, come on. Great, great
7: singers.
0: Great singing going on. I think we can do a musical episode now that we've warmed up.
7: I'd oh, like to hear they... um Mott Jeez. do the uh, ballad of Bilbo Baggins is what I oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Next, well, yeah. There's ah. the um the, the the hippie episode. Um
7: oh yeah the hippie one.
0: That's
8: kind of musical.
7: But yeah, we could do the uh oh, there the goes. LP.
8: The... What was hard was trying uh... to uh sorry I was off. <laughs> I what, what was, was hard? hard was uh trying to think trying to like play with a voice today that I was going to have to do for Spock and, and, you know, that he had to deliver his lines still like Spockish at times. And then that I had to figure out how to sing with that person. And like, as I kept practicing singing with the different voices, like I crack all over and just like, wouldn't like, like, <laughs> it, like how it, how it sounded for singing and then talking and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Did the, the, the you scenes, know it it sound like that, that could have been, um, the, uh, uh, the uh, Italian Count Cocculo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, consistent up. it was
1: consistent. Count Copula, yeah, Count Count yeah. right.
0: <laughs> No, it was great, man. Like, so yeah. yeah so, good. your plan it was becoming really being a Dracula. You were gonna be Dracula Spock, and then you were like, uh, but then you made it more just
8: generic Eastern. Yeah, Eastern yeah, Eastern just changed them to you know some some kind of european like kind of thing with it because I, I didn't want to have to just keep the the whole dracula thing up especially when i thought about like yeah it's okay for halloween right now it, you know that it, it's relevant but I'd, i've seen it you usually keep the same character for your spock or for your you know not
1: yeah. always depends. Oh,
8: okay see i i wasn't sure so i was like well if i'm gonna have to keep this I didn't want to always have to be doing Dracula when it's not Halloween. It's like, you
0: know. so yeah, you, you didn't want to typecast yourself
8: as a Dracula. Yeah. So I made that. it a
0: little bit more generic. And so then I'm like, I,
4: Oh, it's mid Oh, guess what? By your Spock, It's not Halloween.
8: I don't, <laughs> don't want to be the Dracula Spock. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, and then like, you know, I didn't want to do them too Italian. I didn't want to, you know, offend, you know, uh, any, uh, you know, You're half Italian, movies. right? It like I'm, it. uh, I'm half Italian, yeah, so I can get away with, you know, with it. My inner water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. Well, hey, um, Jeff keeps jump dropping off and on, but like, uh, you know, uh, I think we can all just collect take a bow. Good job, everybody. We hope you like Star Trek radio theater and everything we do here. We like, we, we really love doing it. Um, and we'll be back next weekend. So normally we had a, like a rotation where D Space Nine would have came next, but we're going to flip that. So next generation will be the next one. And then we'll do yes. D Space Nine and then Voyager. So that they're in kind of like a in an intuitive order, basically. So uh, I think that's going to be good. We'll be uh, doing all that draw after we go off the air. Um, just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, Kevin and Ashley do all the work on the script, and uh, uh, Jane for putting up with me as I stress out uh, before every show. And uh, you know, it's 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 all good. It's all good, you know. And 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 the whole cast: uh, Michael, Jessica, uh, Mott, and Jeff. There's Jeff. Okay, he's back. <laughs> um, you know, hey, what? Good he's job, uh, Love fun. <laughs> what? What? I he's think back. Maybe
2: that seems better now.
1: you a little bit better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. Yep.
3: Yeah. Just Are in I time. Put... It's over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, plugged it in, you, I, I plugged it in a different hole. That's the,
0: that's
4: that's the red hot poker. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if with
1: if a red hot poker, yeah. if one and, hole's not um, working, I always plug it in a different one. That's
0: what yeah. you all right, yeah. I was just saying, Jeff, we were going to be back next week for um <laughs> for, for radio yeah. theater. Thanks to the cast, good job, and uh, <laughs> check out all of our okay, hold on, I gotta take it off. Uh <laughs> uh. <yeah. laughs> Welcome back. Get off the screen. <laughs> uh, start Here on Live Longer Podcast, we are here four times a week. On Tuesdays, we do D Space Nine rewatches. Oh, I guess it's with Jeff. He should be on screen for this. Okay, I'm taking <laughs> the lights off. No, they're a part of that podcast. I'm on that. you coming t- off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. yeah, all right. All right. Tuesdays, we got... Yeah, I guess that's how it's got to work. Sorry, Matt. Okay, so uh, on Tuesdays, we do uh, Deep Space Nine rewatches. Um with, uh, with the Millards and, and Jamil and Jeff and I, uh, we're in the middle of season two. We just, uh, I don't know, we're, we just did evil. It's Deep Space Nine at nine. It's Deep Space Nine at nine, we call it now. <laughs> and then on Wednesdays we do, uh, which is actually on Tuesdays, but on Wednesdays we have an uh, original series podcast that has Jeff uh, sometimes and when he's awake <laughs> and then we got uh, <laughs> also our dad and... Uh, Jody and uh, Adam Woodward. We all do that one. And then on Thursdays, we have uh, we have a rich, what is it? Star Trek Discovery. What is it? Yeah, what is <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's so many words. shows there's so many shows star trek discovery uh on thursdays with michael and and uh, jane and adam we all we are we're all covering that one right now jameel's actually joining this uh, guess we're we'll going to the third episode of the third season and then of course on the weekends we do it here with everybody we do uh the Star Trek Radio Theater, which includes Mott and uh, of course and and others here. Hey, Mot, uh, so so check all that, that out. Also uh, check out our other channel, which is called Trivial Debates, as we have our big uh, Trivial Debates coming up this coming week. Oh, sorry, actually, actually, Je- uh, well, Jeff can be on here, mm-hmm. and I, probably not Mott. I don't know, and so I guess oh, Jeff. Uh, oh, oh, he should be on here. It's, oh, it's yeah.
7: Jeff, yeah, Jeff, uh, Kevin,
0: yeah. yeah. So just sorry, just oh, no. making that oh, Yeah. So J- Jane will be hosting Chris. Trivial Debates uh, with Jerry McRae as, as uh, versus Chris and Jeff uh, as the contestants for this next one, a special Halloween themed episode. So check that out on the next Trivial Debates. It's...
1: Yep, we get oh, to, to decorate this year. Work.
0: Hmm. I have a chance to win. There's no Jody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know Joey for this one. Okay, so okay, so thanks to everybody. um Great job. Oh yeah, our other channel, Super Made Brothers Podcasting, where we cover Big Brother three times a week. By the way, we're almost done. Almost there. Uh, we didn't do the recap episode on Friday. Whatever. And then uh, and then we'll be back Monday and Wednesday for the last two episodes. Good riddance. Okay. All right.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough season.
4: We need to plug your show, okay. Dave.
0: <laughs> I know how to plug him, so he can, he, please you know. watch
3: these shows. I hate doing them.
0: <laughs> We're calling That's this that one, one D Space Nine and Nine. Nine Nine. Oh. Anyway, thanks everybody, and we'll be back next week. D Space Nine and Nine. <laughs> anyway, no. Okay, bring back Mon. Okay, everybody, wave goodbye to uh, you know with the with the things.
2: Oh, thank you.